feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Good afternoon. Our new time for today only, 2 till 4, is Paul Cooney with Rob McLean. And Chris Burke, the Kilmarnock star, former Scotland, Rangers star, played last night for, how long did you get? But a great win for Kilmarnock last night, Chris. Yep, I think I got one minute and plus stoppage time, so that's what happens when you put me on the bench, you win football matches. That's it, then. It was a one that was needed. Alec Dyer and Kilmarnock really needed the win. Motherwell didn't get the win last night, and as you now know, Stephen Robinson has made the decision to leave. So that's the news this morning that we broke in Go Radio News. Rob, Stephen Robinson, were you surprised that, uh, I mean, they've been badly affected yeah. by these points taken off etc it's been a tough year for yeah. him but they came third as you well know just yeah. uh, six months ago yeah I'm, I'm surprised and then when you hear the news of course you listen back we'll hear it shortly uh, just the tone of his voice his reaction to that uh, defeat uh, against Kilmarnock uh, eight league games without a win they're two points off the bottom but uh, I thought there was plenty opportunity for Motherwell to come back and I am a little bit surprised that Stephen Robinson thought it was time to go Motherwell fans what do you reckon who do you want to see in charge it's Keith Lasley meantime you've got the match with Hamilton at the weekend uh, the local derby your third bottom just on 17 points two points ahead of Hamilton Ikees 0808 17 17 700 we are less than 48 hours away to Rangers against Celtic it's judgement day this Saturday at lunchtime and we'll be on live Last night, 13 league wins in a row for Rangers, the 2-0 victory over St Mirren. Celtic now six wins in a row, four clean sheets, 3-0 against Dundee United. Elsewhere, as we mentioned, Kelly winning 2-0 at Motherwell. Hibs nil, Ross County 2, one of the shocks of last night. We heard from uh, John Yogi Hughes and St Johnson and Hamilton 0-0. Livy against Aberdeen was postponed because of the weather, Robin. I know yeah. you're not happy about it, and nor are Aberdeen having travelled down for the match and it was cancelled and and a half before kickoff. Yeah, I mean, I think the information is that they were struggling overnight, that the pitch was a problem overnight. So you would have thought at the very least there would have been a... a, a Aberdeen's card would have been marked because I mean in, in these times you don't want to be travelling anywhere unless you have to. And it seems as if you know, it just sounded like that was an avoidable situation yesterday to, to call the game off. I mean, it, it, it sound, the first I heard that there was an inspection from that point onwards, I mean, it, there was no chance of the game going ahead because the pitch was in, the all-weather pitch was, yeah, yeah. was in such a state. I was surprised as well, Rob. I got to agree with you that the match was, was cancelled. Um, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Especially when it's uh, COVID as well. Well, we're trying to catch up in games, and then you have to take weather into the the element of it. Where games are getting cancelled for that, then there's going to be a backlog. So it's disappointing, obviously, especially in Aberdeen's factor where they've travelled all that way, and it's a late, late, late time to to say the game can't be played. So 
yeah, it's disappointing probably more so for Aberdeen and Livingston, but Livingston were on a good run. I would have liked to have think that they would have wanted to have continued that form. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. Chris Burke, who has the insight on what it's like to be in the dressing room at Ibrox getting ready to play against Celtic. And has there ever been a match like this, do you think, for Rangers? They haven't had a, a major trophy now for so many years and uh, it's like a cup final for Rangers. Yeah, well, listen, it's like a cup final for the both, both teams. Yeah. Um, I think Celtic are wanting to, uh, a point to prove after what happened the last Old Firm game. For me, I think this is probably, excluding the fans, is more like an Old Firm game for me, just because that Celtic were very unlucky the last time. You know, they had COVID restrictions where Christie was out. You know, Edward, um, you had Julian who was out injured. You know, these were key players that were missing. Uh, you want your key players playing in an Old Firm match. Um, so I think this one is going to be a bit tastier and I'm really, really looking forward to it, Paul. I'm saying the cup final for Rangers is actually also for Celtic. It is their cup final, Rob. Do yeah. they have to win? I think so, yeah. I, I think, I think. Um, I mean, Rangers will want to win the game. They'll, they'll plan to win the game. But if they don't, if it's a draw, it, it just it's the same as and it stays at 16 points. And yes, Celtic have got those games in hand, but especially in this season of all seasons, uh, you want the points on the board. And I think if it stays at 16, it becomes really difficult. It's it's must win. It has to be must win for you Celtic. You think, Rob? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think, I, I think a draw is okay. Really? I think a draw is okay. I just think you can still get the seven points back. Um, I'm, I'm obviously saying that... Yeah, but it's 16 points back. Yeah, yeah. I know you're <laughs> saying that, but if you take the three games away from... Yeah. But from um, yeah. Rangers yeah. Oh, sure. oh. and Barry Ferguson says that all the time Rangers will count it as seven at the moment mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but the, I know what you're saying Rob. the thing is but, yeah. it's not this league this season is not a true reflection of where people are No, it's just not because it's, listen I've played yeah. it I know what it's like psychologically obviously Rangers are, are, are is helping them um, you would like to think that Celtic can deal with that now after the recent performances um, and I do think that's why a draw is not, not really a bad result. I do think they can catch up. We're going to speak to Stephen Cragen in a second or two. In fact, I'm just get, going to get the thumbs up. The former uh, Motherwell defender who joins us every week. Yep, he is on line one. Stephen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, team. How are we? Hi, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we're well, thank you. All right, Craig's happy old year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, earlier in the week we were talking about the, the, you know, the change in the points and all the rest. And I said, "What about Motherwell?" And the guys here were saying, "Sai and Barry and Rob, no, Motherwell will be fine." But here today we find that Stephen Robinson has resigned. What's your take on it? Well, I think first and foremost, it's not just based on last night's result. Um, it's not based either on the fact that they had points added to the total and then points taken back off. I just, um, I haven't spoken to Stephen today. I think it's only right that he's left uh, his own devices to think things over and, and have a bit of time with his family. Um, but, I, you know, having spoken to him over the past couple of weeks, uh, I just know he was low. I think when you watched his after-match interviews or listened to his after-match interviews, he had lost a little bit of spark. And, yeah. and that's so, un, you know, that's so unlike him because he, he's such a driving force around the dressing room, such a driving force to the staff. But sometimes after three and a half years, you know, sometimes it, it can take its toll on you a little bit with regard you're always the one pushing and probing. Listen, he's 24-7, he's football mad, he thinks about it all the time, he never gives his staff a rest, he's always in the text, he's always asking questions, he's wanting to improve, he wants to know what to do next, how we can change things. So it's as if he's exhausted every avenue and, and for some reason things haven't worked. Um, and I just think he wanted to go and recharge his batteries, refresh his mind, just clear his head. Um, although he's bitterly disappointed, this is talking from a couple of weeks ago, he was bitterly disappointed where the team were and he felt they were underachieving. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I'm a bit surprised. And then, and then of course, you, you do listen. I mean, I, I watched the, the highlights last night and heard his interview, and I suppose that all that all kind of hangs together. In fact, here he is, here he is talking after yesterday's defeat, last night's defeat. We've got chances, but don't take them. And, you know, that's been the story of the season. And then we look like we lack belief. And, you know, ultimately, I have to look at myself. I look in the mirror. I've signed the players. There's players that haven't performed. I've, I've got seven or eight boys, like, really, really fighting. But, the, you know, the others didn't look like that tonight. So, um, ultimately, I, I take the blame. My fault. Um, I hope I get the criticism and not the players. Because I care for the football club. I hope the players that aren't performing care as much as I do for the football club. And, you know, we need new blood. We need new blood to turn it around. That's exactly what you're talking about, Craggs. That that flatness um, about Stephen Robinson, which is not at all like him. And, and obviously, in, in that clip as well, he's pointing the finger at players, isn't he, who are not not delivering what they should be at the moment? Well, you look at him, you know, a large majority of the squad, I don't know them personally, so I'm only talking from an outside perspective that, you know, a lot of that squad were involved in a team who finished third last season. So to suddenly be sitting 10th on the table, you know, all fingers can't just point to the manager. Of course, he said it himself, I've signed players, I do the tactics, I do the setup. So he takes his fair share of the blame. But somewhere along the line, players have to put their head above the water. They're the ones that have to say, well, you know, maybe we haven't done right. And as a player, when a manager loses his job, there's a sense of guilt, there's a sense of disappointment because I know he was very good to the players and any time I worked with him, you know, the players liked him, they appreciated what he'd done, uh, he gave them as much detail as possible. But in any job, Rob, you know, when you're continually searching for answers and you're continually asking questions and you're continually having to pick players up and drive them forward and make things happen, and at times there doesn't feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, then, you know, you have to then look at yourself and think, maybe it's time for me to move on. And I'm guessing that's where Stephen's got to. So, listen, the players have a huge sense of responsibility to make things better for the football club, first and foremost. Um, but a club like Motherwell, you know, when you look at their their business model of bringing players in, making them better, bringing players to the academy, making them better, the be-all and end-all is to continually sell players. You know, they're a fan-owned club, they don't have a big benefactor. But that takes its toll somewhere along the line. Eventually, you run out of players coming through the academy because all the ones are sold. You know, the transfer market's difficult in this in this day and age because of COVID, because of restrictions, budgets being cut. Um, and it just seemed like it was the time for Stephen to move on. Chris Burke, you were there last night. You came on late in the game for Kilmarnock in the mm-hmm. two-goal victory. Um, you know, there was speculation beforehand about your own manager, Alec Dyer. Big win. Did you, did you have any thoughts that this might be the last game for Stephen Robinson? Um, you know what I like to see is when I when I'm I'll be sitting on the bench. Um, as as I've got older, I've watched the mannerisms of both managers yeah. um, in the dugout, and it just seemed to me like the manager, um, our manager to to their manager. You know, there was a massive comparison. Um, he was getting frustrated. Um, he did look a bit, you know, exhausted. As as Stephen said, he did, you know, look a bit defeated. Um, I mean, I. And when when that when he does that, it portrays that onto the football field, and we kind of thrived on that. Um, he was still asking the players to do what what they believed in, but uh, I would just like to ask Stephen. Obviously, he's gone now. Um, it's going to be a an interesting appointment. The next one, it has to be one that's very thought of. Um, it's going to be crucial because you don't want Motherwell, a team like Motherwell battling relegation. You know they want to be where they were last season. Um, what sort of Requirements. What sort of attributes would you think that Motherwell now need as a manager? Well, it's interesting, Berkey, because we, Rob, I think you were on me at Alan Burrows on probably a, a month or so yeah. weeks ago, and he said that you know the Motherwell manager has a, 
an almost impossible job because they have to produce players, they have to improve them, they have to win games, they have to sell, uh, sell players, and then they've got to win more games. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Listen, Stephen's not the only job they've had a, a difficult time, but Motherwell are a selling club. You know, without the big benefactor, their business model is we have to sell players, whether it's someone coming through the academy, whether it's bringing someone in, making them better and selling them on. So I think any manager coming in has to work under those parameters. They have to have had a little bit of history of selling players. They have to have a history of involving young players in the squad because as much as they're sitting in 10th place, but you said that, you know, the league table isn't really, you know, a, a true reflection on some teams. And Motherwell, as much as they're close to the bottom, they're not far off top six either. Yeah. So this is not bringing someone in just to fight fires and, and get over the next three games and, and, and transcend the league. There's a real scope here at Motherwell Football Club to take the club back into the top six and make a dramatic improvement. That set of players have massively underachieved. There's international players from different countries in that squad. So if they don't think it's them, then there's a bigger issue around the football club. So there's a responsibility for them to step up you know, really show what they're all about. Whether it's Keith Lansley, whether it's you know a fresh voice, sometimes a fresh voice from somewhere different, just comes in and just gives people a different perspective. You look at someone like John Hughes at Ross County, who's just given a different message, and the players look slightly different, their mindset, their approach. So Motherwell have got a lot of things to think about, um, and it's something they will do over the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. It won't be a rush deployment, but I imagine Keith Lansley will take a job for a couple of games. If he can get a win, then certainly he's right in the final line to get the job. Um, but like Stephen, Stephen had the when he was interim manager, he had to apply for the job and he had to go through an interview process. So I would imagine if Keith Lasley was to get it, or Morris Ross, who I, I can imagine would want to be a manager one day, they would have to go through that process. But whoever gets the job, it's an attractive one with good players, and there's definitely room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, Stephen, I think you're totally. Right. I think if you look at the league table, you know, from fifth down to twelfth, anybody could finish in any position. Um, you're talking about the players at Motherwell, you know. They are a team that they're the selling club. You know, you're right in saying that they've got great young potential in the team as well. Do you think it's a bit more experience they need now if they're going to do some recruitment just to get them over the line to get them through games? Um, just with last night, obviously, I just feel as if you know, if I was one criticism I could say about the Motherwell is when they go a goal down, they looked a little bit defeated when they need the older, experienced heads to maybe keep them in the game. Uh, maybe it gets them a point or it gets them three points in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens, you know, when you're on a bad run, doesn't it? You know, and I've, I, I've sitting over to Ross County quickly. I've watched a lot of Ross County games and, and the amount of times they've conceded the first goal in the league games this season and they look completely deflated. They scored the first goal last night at Easter Road and you wouldn't think that was a team sitting bottom of the table. They looked a completely different team. So it's amazing how in the mindset, if you can get that first goal or you can get a win or you can get yourself ahead in the game, suddenly you, know, you feel fresher, you feel fitter, your mind becomes a little bit clearer. But when you're continually on the receiving end of conceding first or conceding late goals and not picking up wins when you think you've played well, and I don't think there's any hiding away from the fact that you know Motherwell haven't been as creative this season as what they would you know, have been in previous seasons. Sure. They haven't got a regular goal scorer. Yeah. Listen, lots of clubs are looking for that. Even Derek McInnes the other day said the difference we need now is we need someone to start hitting the goal trail and yeah. you know knocking in goals like Sam Cosgrove has. So, listen, there's lots of things that come together. There's not one thing people can put their finger on to say, well, if you fix that, it will work. So, whoever's coming in has got plenty to work with. Transfer windows upon the club. I imagine there'll be a little bit of movement. Some players are out of contract. From what I can understand, have been offered contracts, haven't agreed to them, mm. so they may be moved on in the. On the, on the January window so there's lots of movement still to happen 
But sometimes one result, Berkey, you know it, can just flick a season over and can get you in an upward trajectory. Stephen Craigan, thanks very much for joining us, Stephen. Have a great new year. We'll see you, hear you back on Go Radio next week. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. All the best, Craigs. Thanks very much. Craigs joining us there on the day when Stephen Robinson resigns at Motherwell. Yesterday wins for Celtic at home to Dundee United and Rangers at Love Street. Afterwards, the reaction of Stephen Gerrard. Ask the players to really own the pitch out of possession and can we get back to keeping clean sheets on the bounce and um, we've done that, we've delivered that I thought out of possession where we wasn't really caused many problems. In terms of our style it probably wasn't there for the majority of the game, I thought it was really patchy um, but look there's a lot of positives to take away, both number nines have, have scored a goal, Joe Aribo and, and Glenn Kamara were immense, thought they were really good and we've kept another clean sheet so in the main we're happy and uh, we move into the weekend in a good place. Two happy managers because we hear now from uh, Neil Lennon. I thought we played well, you know. I thought created a lot of good chances again. I thought there was good energy about us. Our reaction to you know losing the ball was very good and scored three very good goals. You know could have been a lot more. So clean sheet. I thought the squad was good today. I thought the subs who came on played really well for the, the final half hour or so. So. It's been another very good result and good performance. And Rob, for Rangers then, Roof scoring again, not a surprise. No. But Morellas, his first league goal in three months. Yeah, and, but it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, he, Yes, he's back among the goals and that's obviously a good thing for Rangers, but the goals have been coming from everywhere anyway. And it was yet another, uh, you know, Rangers not at their best, not firing on all cylinders and winning. I mean, it's a bit like a boxing match, isn't it? Where your opponent is looking uh, for a little chink of light, a, a little sign of weakness and the chance to to deliver a knockout blow. Um, I mean, Rangers just are not offering that, Chris, at the moment. They just keep on winning. No, you're right, they do. Um, I think maybe Steven Gerrard over the last couple of weeks probably not overly confident in how the team's performing to their maximum is what they did at the beginning. But... You know, you're right, they're winning football matches still. Um, but I think you have to credit St Mirren. That's twice they've played St Mirren and they've probably not played to their best, as Stephen Gerrard said there. And I'm, I'm sure Alan McGregor said probably one of the worst performances they've had this season. So, you know, you have to credit St Mirren and what the way, the way they went about their business. Uh, but they but they missed a chance, didn't they? They, yeah, they, they missed. Obika had the chance on the rebound early on, mm-hmm. and 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 that's it. That's that that is the difference. Right there is the difference, isn't there? Be taking chances, quality to to put the ball in the net. Roof, yeah, it was a deflection, but but Rangers when they need a goal, they get a goal. Yeah. Even even though the second one was gift wrapped. Yeah, well, listen, the first goal, as much as you might say it's a bit of luck, it's before that. You know, it's great speed of thought of the think the thinking process through Hadji and Roof. You know. Is when you play against um, Celtic Rangers, you play against a midfield and a defensive block where the, the spaces between them is really tight. So Hadji has to think really quickly to slip that ball to Roof, and Roof has to make that run really quickly to then get that shot away. So yeah, he did get a bit of luck, but Hadji's speed of thought was excellent. Um, and then the second goal is a mistake, and the one thing you don't want to do against Old Firm Rob is, is to gift goals um, away, and that's what happened, because you're still in the game at 1-0. You're still in the game, um, so you know it was disappointing for obviously Goodwin when he said that um, they, they lost that second goal because they felt as if they could have still hurt Rangers in the second half. But listen, they'll take a lot of positives for that. Business as usual, really, for Rangers. There was that chance early on, as you mentioned, Obika, and it might have rattled them a little bit. But they they just see off everything at the moment. Saturday is going to be vital. Rangers against Celtic, twelve thirty kickoff. We're on from twelve with Barry Ferguson. Davy Proven and myself. Uh, so that's one. Get the get Sky on, yeah, Chris. Well. But uh, take the radio as well. Get that turned up. I'd yeah, say turn for the sound down. Listen sa- to those Saturday two afternoon. Scrapping. Can we still say that? Yeah. <laughs> Can they scrap from a social distance? They uh, probably, probably will. Those two. Looking forward. Scrap to. with our voices. Yeah. 
exactly. What did you make of Celtic? We'll speak to about them in a moment or two. We're going to take a break. But for Celtic, when you heard that Barkas was in instead of Connor Hazard, what mm-hmm. did you think? I think that to me tells me one and two things. Obviously, I think Neil Lennon will go more experienced and he'll change a little bit. Um, and it also tells me that Brown will probably play just because after the game he did say that Barkas will play and he want, he's brought him in as number one and in games like the old firm he wants experience so Barkas in and I think Brown will come in as well it'll be interesting we can have a discussion on mm. what we think the Celtic team will be and what we think the Rangers team will be but that kind of told me that Brown will play because Rob Sorrow is on the score sheet after 23 minutes Turnbull 40 minutes and then Edward with uh, the assist from Griffiths how can you leave out Sorrow? Good question and and also it becomes more difficult for him just because he scored that spectacular goal uh, yesterday and you know he, that's not the reason Sorrow's in the team to score goals like that but it, but it just draws a line under his name again and it says well why would you not have that energy in the team when, when the team is actually performing well as a unit at the moment why not just keep it keep it the way it is but would you uh, keep it the way it is Rob? Yes I yeah. definitely would definitely would but but I, I don't think Neil Lennon will I think I think Scott Brown will come back and I think the goalkeeper is a really interesting talking point as well we can yep. develop on that one I Let's think the it. interesting point is as well is if Julian's injured what happens? And it looks like it doesn't it? It looked yeah. a nasty one what do you reckon? Could the swelling th- come down? Yeah, that's yep. going to be really really a quick turnaround for that swelling to get down with it and I think that's again that you'll miss another old firm game and he's a He's huge in that back line, isn't he? All right, Chris, do you fancy doing your teams then? Chris Burke's going to tell us who re- he okay. reckons, how Rangers will line up, how Celtic will line up. Rob, you're always up for yep. that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Let's do it. Facts and figures ready. We're back with that next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, it's Hugmanay. Hopefully you're looking forward to the Bells. Can you believe that's the end of 2020? And I know everyone says, well, they'll be glad to see the back of it. But I'm sure there were many good things as well. Stay safe, stay well. And also, five months ago today, it was the launch of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy. Thank you to each and every one of you who tune in every evening, 5 till 7, 2 till 4 this afternoon. And uh, we've got over 300,000 now who've listened on the downloads, Rob, and we, we love that. We also want to say today a very happy birthday. 79 today, you can't believe it. Sir Alex Ferguson Yeah and coming so soon as well after the the death the sad death the sad passing of Jim McLean Um, Alex Ferguson's birthday phenomenal and we were just talking before we came on air um, about the fact that uh, Man U when he moved there from Aberdeen they stuck with him through a really difficult patch where uh, under most circumstances the manager would get the boot they stuck with him and he became the best in the world Are we talking about him or Stephen Gerrard because it's the same (laughs) kind of story isn't it you know you can't be the manager of Rangers in your third season you haven't won anything but Stephen Gerrard is he looks on course to win but he needs to win but what about Fergie you worked with him at uh, Aberdeen as a young lad there what's a memory you would share with us about Sir Alex Um, I think he constantly kept you on edge Uh, if you were working in the media or if you were in his dressing room you never quite knew where he was coming from he he, he played games with you he worked you know he, he worked with your we got into your head I never knew when I interviewed him I never knew how I was going to find him and whatever I thought he was going to, whatever mood I thought he was going to be in, it turned out to be the opposite. And I think all the players were on edge as well. But he was great with people as well. And, and he is great with people. He was a hard man, but he was a really nice man as well. He dealt with people really well. And, uh, well, his achievements are unbelievable. Yeah, I've actually met him when I was a young kid. I went down to Manchester United and they took his time for a one-on-one in his, in his office. You did um, for a trial? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was lovely. Tell us about it. What was it like? What do um, you remember? 
It just he actually told me his wife was from maybe the Gorbos or the Govan. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, again, he has that human element of just making you feel wanted. Yeah. Um, so he didn't have to take his time to speak to me, and he did. And he also called my parents as well just to see how oh. they were getting on. That just shows you, just little things like that, tells you that he's probably one of arguably the best oh. manager in the world. But you knocked him history. back. Yeah, I had to knock him back, obviously, because I went to Rangers instead. Chance to go to Rangers. <laughs> was it between Man U and Rangers? No, it wasn't. It was actually between Arsenal and Rangers. Huh? Yes. <laughs> so I've met Arsene Wenger as well. What was hey. he like? Yeah. It was, was probably he, a bit was more he, distant. Very different. Yeah. Was he struggling to zip up his jacket at the time yeah. by any chance? No. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I remember about Arsene Wenger is he, is he said that um, you, you can tell a player, th- if you have to tell a player more th- than three times uh-huh. to do something, then he's probably not going to learn that. Mm. Good point, yeah. That's Great name, see. He's name dropped. I love it. I know. You know, I know. Chris. I but we asked you, like, Arsenal, Rangers, Man United. He'll be telling us next how many goals he scored in this calendar year. <laughs> Nine. Nine. I know you were desperate to go on last night, weren't you? I was desperate, yeah. Because yeah. last night, if you're just tuning in, we've mentioned Rangers winning 2-0 at St Mirren, Celtic winning uh, 3-0 uh, against Dundee United. Hamilton and St Johnson was 0-0 at Perth. Livingston Aberdeen was off. Hibbs, the shock of the day, it was a two-goal victory for Ross County. So we'll talk about that shortly. John Yogi Hughes getting his first win. And Motherwell nil. Kilmarnock 2. Massive game for you last it was, night. It was yep. a massive game for both clubs, yep. as you could tell now. Well, obviously, the, ma- the Motherwell manager... Um, resigning but it was a massive game for both of us um, two teams that were probably struggling for form and results and we got that I think our managers probably helped us in that sense where our manager is not too high and he's never too low mm-hmm. and he always he? says just keep working hard and keep doing the right things keep doing the basics right and we'll try and do the basics right as much as you can because we have made mistakes um, we've had to maybe change systems or whatever just be through Covid and through injuries etc um, but we just keep our principles the same and eventually it will turn um, you can tell that in his interview when you when you see him getting interviewed he's just the same he's the same man and that's probably one thing that it, it's helped him a lot is that I think other managers when times are tried and tested against him when they have self-doubt that he doesn't he doesn't look as if he's has self-doubt mm-hmm. you know he stays the same um, and other managers have probably looked a bit defeated and a, a tough week for him but there's been such a wave uh, of optimism about him and respect for him quite rightly that um, he carries himself so well um, he seems a great guy I don't know him but uh, he's got a great attitude and yeah, that's a has. big win I think the neutrals would be pleased last night yeah. that because uh, these, these halfwits don't actually deserve any kind of publicity at all do they to send something like that to him yeah that letter of criticism with racist abuse yeah. included how's he, been, how's he been with, with that with the players as he spoken about it to you guys privately Rob honestly he's not said a word and that's the sort of man he is yep. you know he's not a fi- he's not tr- he's probably thinking I can't let this affect the group mm-hmm. um, I don't want to highlight that and I just he's took it in his stride he's that sort of character and that sort of man um, and I think us getting a result last night is is testament to how he's acted. Shall we take some calls? Yes, of course. Chris Burke's ready. Let's do it. Scotland's number one commentator. Any, is there anyone we know? It, Sean is on from somewhere in Glasgow, Gathamlock. Sean, good afternoon. Yeah, see, got me. Sunny Gathamlock. Yeah, even though it's white outside, but it's Sunny Gathamlock. I, I, I think there's a thaw in now, isn't there? It's a wee bit better. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Right, Sean, what do you think? How, how excited are you then? We know you're uh, a huge Rangers fan. How excited are you for the big match? 
I'm buzzing for the new. I'm dying for the new year to get earned in me because it's not for what we're doing. And I'm going to be staying in the night. Probably yeah. staying up to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, got in my bed because usually I've been in the town, but unfortunately we're not out there. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm Goat Rangers on 3 1 on Saturday. Happy New Year, guys, when it comes. I see. And to you, Sean. And to you. Um, so I've got 3 1 on, but see, see on Saturday. I yep. would keep. I would maybe keep Morelos on the bench and maybe bring on. I would still start um, Ruth and just see what you think. No, yeah, no, it's interesting you said that there because that was what we we're going to talk about, and you've actually stole my question. Well, let's do it then. Because yeah, bring I, Sean in. I thought yeah. that maybe it might go Hadji uh-huh. and Did Ruth as a number nine and keep Morelos on the bench. The same thinking as Sean. Yep, definitely the same as. Only yeah, reason is because. Yep, only reason is because I just think, you know, temperament. It's a big game, you know. There's there's no need for Rangers to chase the game either. Um, if needed, then Morelos and Roof can play. The problem is obviously Roof playing on the right hand side is just as good as playing number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I I I I would have Morelos in my team. I would have to say, um, I I think he occupies the central defence a bit better. Um, but I think I mean Sean the reality at the moment probably is that Stephen yeah. Gerrard can do what he wants because he, sh- he shuffles and he uh, he changes it around uh, and he brings players in and nothing changes uh, your team keep on winning Are you Hadji on the bench you'd have Morelos yeah I'd, yeah. I'd have, I'd have and Roof, Roof Morelos and yeah. Kent yeah. as Dave, the front three Davy Proven yesterday thought that Hadji maybe doesn't quite have that uh, the temperament for it he would go with Morelos yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's done. He's done really well recently, yeah. Hadji. And and, yep. and you look at his stats in terms of goals that he's involved in, both assists and 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 ones that he's taken himself. Um, really, really impressive, and and it just tells you everything you want to know about the squad. Yeah, I know it's the difficult in it, Rob. It's just so difficult, as Sean said as well. It probably doesn't matter really, you know, in terms of performance and how they're going to play in the game if Morelos plays or it's a Hadji. I I just think Hadji can play little Freddie passes mm-hmm. a little bit more um, to break the line I think it's Celtic's the intensity defense. of the match and yeah. you know it because you've played in it can we get your team Sean let's get the full team that uh, Chris oh, Burke yeah. reckons um, who's he going with Balogun or Hollander let's see no, no, no. I'm going you have McGregor in goal Tavernier Goldson Hollander Barisic Davis Kamara Aribo and then I'm going to go Hadji Roof Kent yep Kent came on. He was just rested, obviously, yesterday. Sean, what do you think of that lineup? Is that right. the way you'd start? Yeah, um, I, I would um, start um, Teddy Hadji. I would play Kent. So you go. Right, I would go Tavernier in right back. Obviously, Alan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Goldston? I, I can't. Hall- is it Hollander? Yeah, Hollander. Yep. Barrick. Um, left back. Um, I make that yep. uh, Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's is Jack Davis Davis and Kamara plus probably a Rebo Sean in the midfield I uh, would play maybe a Rebo Davis and uh, and um, Roof, Roof up front and I, I think I'm missed on doing it yeah so yep. you'd play Roof and Kent and Hadji yep, the, uh, yep. Sa- same that, as Chris yeah. you are Rob what's your lineup? Um definitely Hillander at the back is, is, is Balogun available is Balogun a, but um, available he's on the bench yeah. I think it was I, th- I, 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 I must admit I like him like uh, maybe maybe Hollander's a better out and out defender 
but Balogun uses the ball a bit better. Yeah. Leon Balogun has just got composure and calmness about him, which which I like, which which will be useful in the game, I think, as well. Other than that, I think I think that would be the the only for me the only points of debate would be who plays alongside Connor Goldson at the back. The midfield I think picks itself just because Jack's out and, and presumably Arfield's out as well because mm-hmm. last we heard Rangers were still Looks waiting like... for a scan on yeah, his yeah. injury, and then and then the front three and you can pretty much do what you want. I would play. I would play Morelos as the middleman of the three, but you know, it, it wouldn't be a crisis were it to be Hadji, Roof, and Kent, which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I just go with. I'm just going with Hadji just because he can. Yeah. He can manipulate the ball in tight spaces, like the first goal against St. Mirren. And since he's come in, he has uh, He has not let the team down. You know, I think his numbers are quite good. Um, as much as Morelos has probably scored. One the one goal in three months is that? Yeah, um, that was his first you know, league goal. Yeah. And has he scored much against Celtic? No firm. He's never. Has he been he's never more, scored. Has he been more damaging to the squad to the team rather than being helpful? Yeah, I think I think these are all arguments. Yeah, sure. yeah definitely yeah. against against not not having him in from the start, but but equally. Um, you know he's such a, a key part of Rangers yeah. in terms yep. of their attacking movement. Sean, is there anything worries you about Celtic now that they're beginning to play much better than they were? Griffiths, well, Edward. I, I, I still think it will be a comfortable game, but I still think uh, Celtic will score one. Yep. And what would you say about your goalkeeper, Alan McGregor? His four hundredth appearance yesterday. It's fantastic. I think that sums it up. Sean and the Doug in the background. Sean, <laughs> have a great hug, Monet, and a very happy new year. No, my dog's coat. Tell us. Nacho Novo. <laughs> Nacho Novo. <laughs> the former Rangers star. Oh, Sean, thanks very much to Nacho as well for calling in there. Uh, so, what's the Celtic lineup for you? Rob, this is, uh, I mean, this is the bigger one, isn't it? In a way, how are Celtic yeah, going to yeah, play? Cause, yeah, you know, I think Steve, so. Yeah. I, think, I think, I mean, the Celtic lineup is really important. And, it, and it, you know, it's a much more important game for them because, well, in, in my mind, anyway, they have to be. They have to be winning it. I don't think. I don't think a draw is is good enough at this stage. Um, so we know. We now know clearly that that Vasilis Barkas is going to be in goal. Yep. I'm not too sure about the the decision making process that, that that left Connor Hazard out yesterday, but it's going to be Barkas from Pong. Do you think he's been told? Well, I mean, th- there is there are pressures. I mean, there are pressures in a club when you spend four and a half mil- five million yeah. pounds for a goalkeeper to play him. You know, otherwise the number crunchers are are saying, why is why is he not in there? Why did we pay all that money and it, and he's not playing? So, so back in he comes because there was no great reason I don't think to take Connor Hazard out because mm-hmm. he'd come through some difficult games, the cup final against Hearts yeah. where he was looked uh, vulnerable at times and then came through to be the the shootout hero. Yeah. Um, Every every reason to keep things as they are at the moment. I would have thought I would go for continuity at the moment w- with Celtic, just because they seem to have turned a corner. They're looking like their old selves. What, why would you chop and change? Yeah, no. Listen, I just think putting Barkas in is giving him his moment. Mm-hmm. I think this could probably be his moment to to be the number one. Um, spending that amount of money and a, a goalkeeper, yeah. As much as it's money, you have to then deliver as a player. And I know he'll be thinking himself that 
my time is probably now and they must have seen something in him uh, to pay four and yeah. a half million pounds I keep banging on exactly. about the fact that he played really well against Celtic in Europe just uh, in the last couple of years so apparently he played brilliantly yeah. they've seen something it's just that nobody no fans have seen it yet he's no. not really been tested no we've, we've not had the big save no. you know there, there is not a significant save that we can remember that we've seen to, to say yep that's why Celtic spent that amount of money we, we just haven't seen it he hasn't turned a game with a save and and it's a, it's a gamble to bring him in because if things go badly wrong on Saturday, yeah. then it's then it's back to back to square one again. I think also it answers a question in terms of the transfer window for yeah. us because a lot of people were saying, are Celtic going to go back in for Fraser Forster to to throw money at, at getting him back in maybe the way they should have done in the summer? Well, the very fact that Barkas is back in goals would would tell you no, no more money getting spent on the goalkeeper. I've I've seen many occasions though when it takes a bit of time for players to adjust to the Scottish league and then to become a great player. You know, you could probably even say Turnbulls. That's the same yeah. as happened to him. You know, Mark Haley at Rangers took some time for him to deliver, and now he's delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Rob, remember that Mark Haley yeah. took him time, didn't it? Did. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just have to have to be patient. Right, we're going to hear more from Stephen Gerrard. Let's hear from Neil Lennon. Just a quick word about Julian. Still, they don't know how bad that injury was yesterday, but it was a sore one. It's an impact with the post, you know, and he's got a bit of bruising around the knee, but again, we'll assess it and uh, see how he is. So there's no great insight I can offer you there, um, but... Uh, yeah, don't well, give him any tips, just let him tell his team first. Okay, oh, apparently, right. apparently, apparently the post is still struggling. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I, I can't one. think that his yeah. knee's in great shape on the back of that. <laughs> right, Rob, are you going to give us... In fact, we're going to take a quick break and then we will get your Celtic lineup yep. for the match on Saturday. The Bull Radio Football Show. It's been a real strong reaction from our performance here where it felt as if we wasn't ourselves. Um, I've took responsibility for that performance. Uh, the, the, the point retain in the league is, is really, really good and really, really strong. But there's another three available at the weekend that we're, you know, we want to go and give everything we can, the best version of ourselves collectively and individually. And um, I'm confident we can get them three as well. Three points for Rangers again yesterday. Two-goal victory at St Mirren. And Celtic, a three-goal victory against Dundee United. You know, I'm more pleased as a manager when we're creating the quality of chances we're creating. Frank Pong, I thought, had another outstanding game today and was a real source of uh, pace and energy and quality. If we keep creating the chances, the goals will come. You know, we haven't been doing that for a while and now, you know, we're creating a lot of good chances and scoring goals from different areas, which is very pleasing. So we're gearing up to the new year Saturday afternoon at 12.30 Rangers against Celtic then at 3 Aberdeen Dundee United it's the Derby in Lanarkshire Hamilton against Motherwell Hibs against Livingston at 3 Kilmarnock against St Mirren West Coast Derby we're calling it and Ross County against St Johnson Chris what about that result for Ross County and John Hughes what, I don't think did anyone see that coming? Listen I heard at half time it was 1-0 Ross County um, it did come to a little bit of a shock and then at the end of the game it was 2-0 but you know John his, his interview is fantastic did you hear his interview it's vibrant you know it's it's energetic and he's creating that onto the football field and into his players it's excellent to see I think I do really really think that he will turn things around there I do um, and it's a great result against Hibs a team that are high flying obviously as of late they've, they've probably got about you know four points I think out of 12 games in the three of them it came at home so it's, they've had a little bit of a sticky patch but at the same time it's difficult to go to Easter Road and get a, get the three points they were terrific and if you watched their first goal their first goal came from goalkeeper all the way to striker and that's the sort of football that Yogi Hughes talks about isn't it Rob? 
Yeah, sure it does. I mean, he was, uh, you know, we've had him on the show a couple of times during lockdown. He's been in, in isolation and all that sort of stuff. And so he obviously had nobody to speak to him. And he comes on <laughs> here, he never stops. But he never stops making us smile as well, just because he, he is such an effervescence and enthusiasm about the game. And when he came on on Tuesday, and that was, of course, 24 hours before Ross County went to Easter Road, he was in typically bubbly form. You have to embrace the hard work in the ship and you, you have to uh, inspire. You know, when you're going to use the road at the flying eye, you say, I'm going to show them what it's all about. So all the teams been picked, all the tactics, all, all the team talks being done. You know, I like, I like to do that. I like to let them sleep on it, visualise themselves playing in the game, who they're playing against, uh, all that stuff. And then it's hopefully they can go on the pitch and implement it. And that'll be the case. That'll be the case doing it at Hibs. And then... Take the game to Hibs, let Hibs know they've been in a game. And if we can, that's what I'm asking of them. If they can go and do that, win, lose or draw, then I'll be a happy manager. He's great with you. 500 minutes though, Rob, without a goal until Harry Payton yeah. cracked that goal in. I'm after his lottery numbers, <laughs> uh, having called that game yep. pretty much the way it unfolded. Yep. Uh, you know, he'd done the homework. He knew that Hibs would be strong early on. They were. But after 10 minutes, Ross County got a grip in the game got the early goal Harry Payton scored for them and of course ended up that Ollie Shaw uh, got the got the, con- the the decisive goal against his old team um, and, and Ross County just looked a, a completely different combo and it was always going to take him time I mean first game Celtic Park that, that was that was yeah, tough, tough for him second game against St Mirren and Dingwall when they had two players sent off the second was a crazy uh, red card so, so it was nine men before St Mirren got their two goals and then third time back to Easter Road where of course he's got so many happy memories John Hughes uh, and Ross County Chris were a revelation yeah he'll love that as well obviously going back there and getting a result and you're right in saying he had a tough a tough um, start as well especially when you get two men sent off it's difficult but I think he was very very pleased of how the players were still playing in the match even though against Celtic and, and St Murnay was still relatively happy and you can see he's vibrant you know he's he's energetic he, be, he instills belief into the group doesn't he you yeah. could see I can see now that Ross County are a a team that will look to perform and do everything they can for him on that football field and you're going to have to do that when you're at the bottom um, and he's ended the 20, 2020 now off the bottom of the league yep. and that's a great start for him that's right got them off the bottom yesterday so it's now Hamilton on 15 points they got a point at McDermott which is actually a decent result for the Ackies Ross County on 16 points after 21 games Hamilton have played one fewer Motherwell have only played 19 games but the 17 points which saw and paid to the career of uh, Steve Robinson who resigned this morning as you know St Johnson on 18 points they're in the relegation battle now as well and Kilmarnock now on 20 St Mirren on 21 Livingston on 24 Livingston have only played 19 games and then Dundee United on 25 points after 21 It's a, it, it, anyone could go down or be involved in the playoffs yeah, Rob Yeah absolutely what Ross County have got of course is they've got a chairman at Norway McGregor who uh, generally at this time of year puts his hand in his pocket yep. if required which it generally is for them if they're in the Premiership um, um, and makes an investment on keeping them in the top flight, and I, and I think um, you know John Hughes has, has got them off the bottom, which are, which is really important at the turn of the year. And I think I think you'll see a couple of key players coming in probably at Ross County in the ne- in the next few weeks to to continue that improvement. Yeah, listen, that's, I've I've been there myself, and I know he's a he's a great chairman, and he, he loves the football club a great place to, to do your work and that's why he'll be loving that there you know the facilities are top notch you know is arguably outside of the old firm 
um, that it's one of the best training facilities to, to go and do your work. Yeah, definitely. It's the academy. Yeah. yeah, it's the Highland Football yeah. Academy up there. Yeah, isn't it's it? excellent, honestly, uh, Paul. Terrific, and he'll feed off that as well. You know, he'll, he'll love that. He'll have them on the training field, as he says, drilling them, telling them what to do, and they will get a bit of investment and get his own players in. Um, as he said on this show before, it's all about recruitment. Um, so he'll be looking out for the for the little golden nuggets to try and help the team. Mm-hmm. Um, um, get out this this sticky patch that they're in, you know, in second place. And I think if they win, you know, they'll go above St Johnson and could end up in about eighth or ninth place. So, you know, yep. as you just said, it Paul, you know, anybody from probably fifth to twelve yep. could get relegated, mm-hmm. but anybody from fifth to twelve could in the top six. One of the headlines yesterday, Rob, with the Kilmarnock win two 0 Greg Kilty and Danny Whitehall, and his contract is up yeah. tonight at Shh. midnight. Yeah. Be quiet about that, bro. right? <laughs> we don't let anybody stealing them. I, I think <laughs> yeah. there might be a wee contract extension being scribbled as we speak for for Danny Whitehall after yeah. that performance last night. Yeah, it was terrific. You know, he got given his chance. He got given his chance in the Betfred Cup games, and he delivered. Um, he came into the the squad tonight, uh, last night, sorry, and he delivered again. What Danny will give you is yeah, a vocal point, a number nine. He'll not run the channels, but he's great at holding the ball up. And we probably changed our system a little bit last night for him and it worked to, to good effect. He got his goal through a penalty, but even saying that, he was terrific and, and instrumental and part of the first goal as well. So, no, he's been terrific. I hope I hope we do sign him and maybe a bit long term as well. Good way to get ready to celebrate the new year and the match with St Mirren at the weekend. But you're not off the hook. That's Chris Burke and Rob McLean who are going to give us their Celtic lineups. Uh, Celtic uh, last night, uh, starter yesterday afternoon, they brought back Barkas, uh, they brought back Laxal, and uh, Rob will help me out with that. And Sorrow. No, Sorrow's been in the last couple of games. But Celtic, who is going to play this weekend against Rangers? Uh, Chris, Rob, in fact, Rob, do you want to? Go yep. first. Well, yeah, I, I, I sort of started earlier, didn't I? Because I, I only got as far as Barkas, who's obviously going to be in goals because he came back, as you say, Paul, for that game it, it yesterday. Was, so, so, so he's he's going to he's going to play in this one. Back four from Julian yeah, yesterday, who came Julian, back. Julian, that's right. Yeah, so he's Sorry. he's he's injured, yep. and we assume he's not yep. going to make it. Uh, Frimpong, Duffy, Iyer, and um, I think I think I'd have Greg Taylor in at left back for uh, just a. Uh, you know, experience. Uh, despite he's not, he's not an old player, but he's a very experienced player. He's good defensively as well. I think for Celtic on that left side, I would prefer him. Uh, although there would be similar to what I was saying earlier, probably questions asked as to why they're paying so much money in wages to uh, Diego Laxal if he's not playing in this biggest of matches. But I've got Taylor in there, um, Sorrow and McGregor, Christie and Turnbull, Griffiths and Edouard. Right before Chris gives us his, Rob, can you when you think about the Celtic? Uh omissions when he played in October against Rangers it was Barkas and goals they played three at the back Stephen Welsh Shane Duffy Christopher Iyer they then in the midfield had Frimpong Brown and Cham McGregor and Lexal and up front it was Klamala and Elianusi Yeah, Amazing, absolutely incredible. Where, where's, where's Olivia and Jam gone? Indeed. I mean, I don't. Maybe, yeah. he's maybe not even making the bench. Maybe he's in, is he injured at the moment? Don't oh, know. I don't know. But I mean, there's there's a name that's kind of vanished from our mm. thinking at the moment, um, and there's another player that that is on very big Celtic wages. And I guess Rob, that's what uh, he was saying. The manager was saying at the time, so many players out through COVID and other things that, yeah. that, that it was decimated. Yeah, absolutely. But, but um, tomorrow, that was a strong lineup that you gave, Chris. What do you think, Celtic lineup? Yeah, no, I'm probably similar to Rob. The big question is, you know, does Brown play or does Sorrow play? What do you think? And then, yeah. obviously, the back four, mm-hmm. which you'll go with. What happens if Julian is fit and not fit? 
if Julian was fit, then did he go Azure right back and play Julian yeah. and Duffy? But if Julian is not fit, and I just think they will but, go. But we, we just heard Lennon there talking about raving about Jeremy Frimpong. Yeah, I know, I know that's the which thing. probably means he's but in. Then the issue is with Kent on that side mm-hmm. and Barisic with Frimpong bombing on. Does that leave too much exposure for Celtic in the backline? Yeah. Um, that, but Frimpong has been probably doing what he's expected to do now at Celtic this past couple of games is with creating assists and being more direct. And then, and then it's that balancing act between uh, being as strong as yep. Celtic can be and, and being aware also of the, the Rangers' threats, you know, to counter their threats. How much do you build your team around stopping Rangers and how much do you build it around being positive, creative and getting forward? That's the thing, Rob. What do you do? Does, does um, Neil Lennon go with a counter-attack style? Or does he just play the way he's been playing the last three or four games? Because he has do? been happy. Yeah. yeah. Personally, yeah. what would I do? Mm-hmm. I think they did it last season where they played a counter-attack style and they won 2-0 at, um, at Rangers. Um, I think they're probably more suited to do that and I think they're more chance of getting a result doing that just because there's so much of a threat going forward with space the likes of Christie, the likes of Turnbull who can open up spaces, McGregor as well. Um, you've got then Edward, um, Edward and Griffiths up top. You know, if it's a free-flowing game, I think that'll probably suit Rangers more. I think Rangers have probably struggled and been challenged more so when there's been a low block. And I think maybe Celtic should take that into the equation. The one thing you would say about Celtic at the moment is that, that they're feeling so much better about themselves. They're, yeah. they're, they're looking great. That, that front three of, of Turnbull in, between, in, in behind Griffiths and Edouard, I mean, the, 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 you can see smiles on their faces at the moment. Yeah. Turnbull mm-hmm. scored again, three and three for him. Uh, they're all back, they're all among the goals, those three. So, so there are going to be goals in the game, yeah. surely. I think it'll be a really exciting match. Going to ask your prediction in the second hour. Do you want to hear how Rangers lined up? Do you remember on that day, obviously it was Alan McGregor and goal Rangers were 4-3-3 Celtic had been 3-5-2 so the back four Tavernier Goldson Halander and Barisic I know Rob you would favour um, Balogun there in yeah. the back four Arfield uh, Davis and Kamara obviously the doubt around Arfield doesn't look as though he will make it but we don't know uh, Brandon Barker played Morellas and Kent that's yeah. how Rangers started yeah. I think uh, Barker yeah. played just because Jack was international duty and played a lot of games because I think Jack then came on for Barker I'm sure yeah, right, um, but yep. yeah, you know it's quite similar though, isn't it? The Rangers mm-hmm. team that's it's, going to be yeah, against yeah, Celtic. Yeah. It's the Celtic team that's t- totally different from yeah. the team, yep. which a different formation as well. You know, you had Klamala and like El Yunusi up top. You had young, you had young Welsh playing in the match as well. So that's why I just didn't think it's a, a true reflection in an old firm game. And Celtic were a bit unlucky when you're missing your key players. If you took Kent out, you took Morelos out, mm-hmm. you took Goldson out. You know, that's three key players for for Rangers yep. and Celtic had a strong squad, then you would probably favour Celtic to win the match. You, ha- you need your key players in an old farm game. Yeah, on the bench and Celtic brought them on at some point during that match. They had Greg Taylor, Lee Griffiths, uh, Albion Ayeti came on, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic yeah. came on. And, and for yeah. me, the, the, the Celtic team selection is absolutely crucial and it's a really yeah. tough decision mm-hmm. I mean you know you only have to speak about it for five or ten minutes and you you appreciate how difficult a, a decision this is and I think we probably all agree that with Rangers Stephen Gerrard can probably just do what he, want, do what he wants um, because they're on this amazing role 
Yeah, no, you're right. I think the Celtic one's really important. What what the, the good thing is now is Celtic kind of be finding their flow, don't they? Um, so that's why I'm really excited to watch this game. Um, all everybody seems to be fit and available. All dependent on Julian, dependent. Obviously, I don't think Arfield and Jack will play, but no. we've got the the, the 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 superstars, as you would say, of the old mm. firm players playing in the match, which is the, what, what you want to see in a football match. So yeah, I do think it will be a high-scoring game, but I'm predicting a draw. You're going for the draw. Yeah, I'm yeah. going for a two-two. Chris, you were spot on the last time. Ryan Jack did come on. Uh, so did uh, Etten came on, and Aribo came on. Rangers made three yeah. subs during the game. And that's so another player right. that's yeah. probably performing very well. Rob is Aribo. Aribo. Uh, the yeah, very he's big, back. He's, yeah. He is back playing probably to his form that he, he wants to be and what Stephen Gerrard expects to be. Um, what so do you like about Arriba? What does he bring? I think his movement and manipulation of the ball, left and right foot, is very good in short spaces. He's he can he can go past you know two players no problem um, and just break that line. And he's very very good at the combination play, like Hadji is as well. So maybe I am wrong. Maybe you know because Arriba's in that Hadji's quite similar to him. So maybe he might go Rufan Morelos. I think there's a freshness about Arriba as well because he missed a few games recently. He's come back mm-hmm. and he's just got that ability in the final third. I mean, you know, if you're a defender, do you commit? You know, do do you try and hold them off? You know, do you know? The minute you go in, he's yeah. he's got such quick feet that that he's either going to be away from you or you're going to yeah. foul them. What he's good at is he stands and waits for the player to make the commitment. And then he'll sh- he's that quick movement of feet that he's away. Yeah. You know, he's not going to shift the ball and let the player tackle him. He'll wait till that player dangles the leg out and he's away. And then he's he's past you before you know it. So that's one hour down already. Can you believe it? We're in Hugmanay. Hope you're getting ready for a, a a good night and ready for tomorrow. And then the steak pie, Rob, is it for you? No, no, no. no. Virtual yeah. hugs all round though. <laughs> yeah, you're not a steak pie at New no. Year, man. No, 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 no not at all. Red meat. Oh right, you don't. <laughs> no, okay. no, I do sometimes, but no, I just don't. I just no, no, not very much, but yeah. no, I just don't like steak pie. Okay, I'll change I'm, that. I'm on, I'm on liquids only. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> steak pie surely at New Year. I'm quite similar to Rob. That's why I said that I don't really yeah. eat a lot of red no, meat. Yeah. Um, I prefer fish um, and white white meat. Um, so I'm not a big fan of steak pie. I must say. Paul, you're a steak oh, pie. I love the steak pie. I know it is a new year, year thing. Of course. Is yeah. it just the pastry? You can see it. Yeah, yeah. no, no, the whole thing. But uh, I'm obviously with two athletes here and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back with Chris and Rob and Paul next. Feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles. The near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! And you find us getting ready for the weekend and also what we're having on New Year's Day. It's a risotto in the McLean household. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've just remembered that I'm making it, so uh, I'm under pressure. Very posh. You're from the north, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Indeed. It's going to be, for the Coonies, it's going to be the steak pie. And for the Burke family, Chris? What, tonight? Eh, well, whatever, over the C- period. Seabass yeah. yeah, yeah, tonight. I'm Seabass oh, yeah. tonight. 
class. I'll, I'll yeah. just kick it myself. Is that the win bonus because of yesterday? Yeah, win <laughs> bonus and a clean sheet bonus. So I'll, 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 I'll actually be allowed two bits tonight. Fantastic. And you, play, and you yeah. played a quality minute of the game as well. Yeah, a minute. Yeah. I was actually, the one thing I was fuming at my manager, just because the game was so open that I thought I could have maybe come on and, and nicked a goal. It was time, times we had lots of chances and created probably more chances than we have done the last previous game. So as soon as he gave me the nod, I already had my tracksuit bottoms off and I was running on the field. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately for me, I never got a chance. And if you'd been on, you would have taken the penalty, presumably at that point. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, Rob, I wouldn't have. No, just because no. I like the number nine scoring penalties. Um, and I think Danny... He practices in training and I said to him just because you're starting the match and even if I come on you will still be on the penalties and I know he is a good penalty taker he took it well he has yeah, took it well that, that would have been 10 in the calendar year for you it would have been but listen I have to be unselfish yeah. don't I <laughs> listen I might get him that contract ah that's true that's <laughs> your commission by the sounds of it nine goal Chris Burke the former Rangers and Scotland star currently starring with Kilmarnock what a season he's having Let's we'll spare his blush, yeah. blushes but he got off to an absolute flyer yeah, yeah fantastic I mean as quick as you look as quick as you've ever been you're, you're 37 now just turned yeah, 37 um, I mean you haven't you haven't. have you lost any pace lots of it have trust you? me <laughs> I used to be able to just yeah. I play so differently now Rob honest you might think just because I'm maybe small and I move my f- my legs a little bit shorter, that it looks as if I'm running fast. Oh, but really? is that what it um, is? I, I, I have acceleration, so that's probably why I look quick. You know, over the five yards, I have acceleration. Still, I've not lost that. But speed, you know, to maintain my speed is very, very. It has slowed down. But mm. listen, is. There's one thing in football, obviously, a lot of people say they've lost their legs or whatever, and I don't believe that is a true reflection in any player. I think what you first, or one and two, you lose is your speed and your mobility. And if you keep your speed and your mobility, then you're always going to keep your legs. Because we played Celtic the and we got beat the couple of weeks ago, and everybody was talking about Scott Brown, his legs are gone or whatever, and his legs had not gone because after after the game I was doing running, and I specifically watched Celtic doing their running, mm-hmm. and you've got the likes of Mikey Johnson, you've got Rogic, you've got Young, you've got Lax out there, and he was streaming ahead of everybody else in the running. Scott Brown, yeah. yeah. So he was he was miles ahead of the rest of them, and that's just you know running. So I I I'm a bit maybe over critical of everybody else that says that just because I'm an, an old player as well and a young veteran but I do think the first thing in football is you when you get older you lose your speed and mobility and if you maintain that then you have a chance of playing longer Will you play till you're, till you're 40? The thing is I've looked at Rob is that I have to adjust myself every six months to see how I feel mm-hmm. um, that's the way I look at it you know I'll, I'll, I'll think over it every two to twice a year just to see how I feel. And so at this moment in time, I feel fine. I is feel that fine. around now then? Around yeah, around now, I'll think to myself, what should yeah. I do um, next season? Um, at this moment in time, I feel fine. I feel fresh. I feel as if I'm still the same as the group. I'm still challenging the group. I'm still making them, maybe, teams, players to to try and push me out of the team or for me to push the, the other player out of the team. I can always challenge the group. And if I do that, and I can always compete in this league, and if I can compete in this league, then I can continue. That's Chris Burke who'll be playing for Kilmarnock against St Mirren on Saturday we've got Ross County against St Johnson Hibs against Livingston Hamilton against Motherwell Aberdeen Dundee United the new firm derby in the week when we lost Jim McLean such a an iconic figure there at Dundee United and we spoke earlier about Sir Alex Ferguson who's 79 today congratulations to Sir Alex and at 12.30 on Saturday Rangers against Celtic some breaking news down south Rob I see on Sky Edison Cavani banned for three games I take it 
get that's about the uh, tweet, uh, the social media post a few weeks ago. So uh, out for three games, he's come on from the bench quite a lot. He's a terrific player. Yeah. Again, you know, well into his thirties, but my goodness, he oh, looks so fit. He's just a yeah. joy to watch, isn't he? Uh, and some signing f- for Man United it almost seemed to slip under the radar, as far as I was concerned. Suddenly he was in the team, and you're thinking, "There's Cavani, um, ex of PSG, of course, in in most more recent times." But also look at Man United. How it seems just a few weeks ago that there was a big question mark hanging over the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer you know why and, and it was only two weeks ago yeah <laughs> and, and I looked at the league table yeah. And, yeah. and they're a win away from the top that's it yeah I think you know that I think if they win their game in hand they're two points off Liverpool, Liverpool maybe yeah, yeah Liverpool right? too no, many draws you, yeah. I thought they were um, listen it doesn't a, matter a, anyway a frantic look at the league the, table now but, but I, th- um, I, th- I, th- I thought they were only three points off the top but they are, uh, I think they were five Maybe it doesn't matter anyway. They're competing for the no, league no, when, when, yeah. when they were um, when there was there were times. That yeah, they're three points off the top. They, they're, right. they're on yeah. they're on thirty points, um, and they've got a game in hand on Liverpool, who are thirty three. So so they win their game in hand against Burnley. They, they go level on points. Too yeah. many draws for Liverpool. Yeah, no, yeah. but that's that's the thing, Paul. This in this time of COVID, is just lots of inconsistencies of teams. I think that's what we've seen this season. I don't think any team. Probably in Europe, bar Rangers, mm-hmm. have kept their consistency. Mm-hmm. You look at all the leagues, um, especially in England, yeah, the true. amount of teams that are drawn, the amount of teams that are, yep. are losing. I Tottenham, Tottenham had a spell, didn't yep. they? Where they, you know, they were challenging. They're up at the top. Everton as well, but uh, they've all then slumped. Mm-hmm. Apart from Rangers, yep. you were telling us earlier. So you could have signed for Arsenal. Arsene Wenger was there. You could have signed for uh, Man United, Sir Alex Ferguson, and you signed for Rangers. So you're the only person in the studio here who's played in a Rangers-Celtic match. Tell us a wee bit about it. Give us an insight, Chris Burke. What's it like? If I was to give you one probably main insight that nobody would probably understand is when you're playing in the match and you touch the ball, it feels as if there is about seven players around you that are going to get the ball took off you just because of the reaction of the fans. So when you receive the ball, whether it's in the defensive zone or an attacking zone, it feels as if you're in front of goal ready to do something to score a goal just because the fans highlight that aspect. Um, so you the, probably the more calmer and relaxed player can take control of the game and probably come to the forefront of the match. So yeah, that's probably the main thing that I noticed when I was um, playing in old farm games. You cannot hear your teammate talking to you like man on or turn or pass forward or play a one-two because every time you touch the ball all you hear is the fans roar so is it, so is it like a surround, surround sound experience that is every time the ball is touched by a player it's just so much noise so must, so much it must noise. be hard to stay calm then as, that's yeah. why the more experienced players are needed in, in old farm games as Neil Lennon's alluded to when he said they wanted to play more experienced players because there's one thing playing in football matches is another playing in old farm so you came so close to scoring. Tell us about that day. Yeah, I'm, sure, so, I'm sure there's a few of them. Well, give us uh, one of them. Uh, I think we were winning comfortably. I think it was 2-0 at home or 3-1. I can't really remember. And I come on as a substitution and I play on the left-hand side. And I drive inside with the ball and I reach the, the edge of the box and I have a shot. But the shot gets hit by someone. And that someone is Barry Ferguson. <laughs> and he looks at me as if it was my fault. And I thought to myself, that was actually a good chance of the goalkeeper saving it or maybe getting into the bottom corner. But as Barry Ferguson is, you know, he looks at me as if 
I'm to blame for that one with his run I sure probably have slipped him in or something but he did get in the way of the ball and we have the commentary now for you we've found it from the archive <laughs> yes. Rob McLean was the commentator yeah. Rangers against Celtic what is Ferguson doing there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a shocking run by him he was offside as well <laughs> and how gutted were you you didn't actually get a goal against Celtic? yeah obviously you would love to score no fun wouldn't you? Um, yep. not well, obviously not many people do it but usually no. it's a the, not many players who play for the football club get to do it yes but um, just to win football matches all firms probably the most pleasing thing I'd probably in the end of more defeats rather than victories which is hard it's hard to take but, I mean just Chris underlining the the intensity of, of the old firm atmosphere it just underlines what it's like now it's just that it's it's one of the craziest of games mm-hmm. to be played without uh, without a crowd and, that, and I guess for a lot of people for a lot of the players who have experienced it with the 50 or 60,000 depending where it's being played the, the contrast must be just incredible and I guess you know different players react in different ways to, to a completely quiet ground yeah they do you know that's nowadays just because there is no fans I think people have to have more self-motivation to to get themselves up for the game um, can they be more relaxed then are they too relaxed in, in football matches now you know can they bring themselves to make them be and want to be the best player on the football pitch because it is hard everybody needs fans to, to motivate them to some element some players more so than other that's why even as a manager now it's hard to motivate the whole group to do well week in week out or whether it's a Saturday or a Wednesday game because managers now or coaches have to look at managing different elements of other people due to Covid reasons whether it's psychological um, or physical whether it's due to injury whether it's due to how the player's feeling so it is a different type of game, Rob. Totally different type of game. That's the one thing I've noticed about this season is you have to have self-motivation and managers now are probably have to tweak their style of having to how to deal with the individual to get the best out of them. And do you agree with... Um, a lot of people think that it's helped Rangers. Rangers have been by far and away the best side in Scotland so far this season. How much have they been helped by the fact that the fans weren't there? Because I think the Rangers fans you'll have experienced it they don't give you too long to get on top in a mm-hmm. match do they they say maybe 15 minutes but do you think it's helped them then that pressure was taken away in the early months it's a great argument a great argument I think some of the Rangers players have said that themselves mm-hmm. about the pressures of playing in front of a crowd when you're trying to chase number one and if it's you know what it's like well I do anyway when you're playing for the old firm and you've not scored within the first 15 minutes um, they, they can get on your back a little bit that's just the way it goes. So has it helped Rangers? Maybe just because of Rangers' style. I think Rangers' style and the approach is playing that one extra pass. So there's more patience involved um, with their their style of play, whether it's through the lines or playing a bounce pass. Um, so I would probably say that because the fans are not there, it's given them a bit, a bit less pressure to play with more freedom and to stick to their principles um, and not be anxious if it's still 0-0 zero, zero, um, whether it's 45 minutes or, or 60 minutes on the clock whether I like the Motherwell game mm-hmm. um, with Stevie Robertson's yep. um, game when the Rangers won 3-1 yep. they had to be patient well Motherwell were a goal up weren't they until yep. the 73rd minute there you go but yep. they still stuck to their principle mm-hmm. they still played the same way they didn't change anything only thing they did do was probably put Eton on but they still stuck to the same way and the same plan and I think that's helped Rangers massively. Rob, do you think it's been a factor? No fans? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's probably allowed Rangers to get started, to get bedded in this season off the back of a, a season which went horribly wrong uh, for Rangers and they've just built and built and built and you can just see layer upon layer of improvement uh, not just this season but over two and a half years under Steven Gerrard um, I mean, Scott Arfield was his first signing and he's just put piece after piece in the jigsaw puzzle in the last two and a half years to the extent now that he's got two great players for every position. Um, Everyone understands the system, the philosophy, how he wants to play. Everyone's bought into it. Um, And and they are are a machine and they're going to take a hell of a stopping. Yeah, they are. The other thing I've noted as well, sorry to change the subject, is that, that I wanted to say is that other teams as well are probably have a bit more belief in beating Celtic and Rangers mm-hmm. or take the game to them just because when you play at Celtic and Rangers at Parkhead and Ibrox you're used to the, that fan that, that 40,000 yeah. screaming mm-hmm. you know they could be overawed by it, the other team but now they're not as overawed so they can then yep. bring their own style of play to the match um, but you're right in saying what you said there Rob you know Rangers anybody could play in this this squad and, and, and deliver they've just been unstoppable so far but I think it's a really interesting tie coming up I really do I think probably the last two to three games maybe Steven Gerrard they've got the result maybe not played the free-flowing football but now Celtic have came to the forefront in, in their style and they've been really really enjoyable to watch the last couple of games so it's going to be a fantastic match. I can't wait for it. Thanks for all the messages coming in on the socials here at uh, Go Football Show. Messages for Alec Ferguson, great son of Glasgow. So yeah. in Glasgow's own, Joe Wiseman on saying, it's great to hear you talk about Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, Joe's mid-twenties, but loves to hear the stories about Fergie because everyone knows him. I mean, he retired in, what, 2013. It's hard to believe 79 years old today. And free man of the city of Glasgow, a phenomenal person and quite rightly was knighted some years ago. I see Lewis Hamilton getting it today, but Alec Ferguson, just a, an absolute wonderful person. And he's got a great attachment to Glasgow. He comes back when he can, you know, outside COVID times to help at Harmony Row and different charities around. He helped in the Kilt Walk this year. He donated money to the hospice, at to the Kilbride Hospice. He, he, amazing man. Yeah, he's, so, he's someone that Scotland can be very proud of um, in terms of, we've got lots of uh, sporting superstars, of course, over over the years but in football a special a special man special guy great abilities did it with with Aberdeen ridiculous days in Scottish football when Aberdeen and Dundee United uh, expected to beat Rangers and Celtic on a on a regular basis and then he switched down to, to Manchester United could he possibly do in England what he'd, what he'd done in Scotland well you know he, he survived getting the early boot uh, he wasn't sacked and well, you know, the the legend lives on, doesn't it? Do you it? think he's the greatest manager of all time? <sighs> yeah, probably. Scottish manager of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jock Steen would be up there. Willie Waddle. Yeah, but, I mean Bill, but, Bill, but, Bill, Bill Shankly. If, if, Bill you're, Shankly looking, if you're looking at Scots, who did, yeah, Matt, Scots who yeah. did well down south. Yeah, you know, it depends whether you're talking within Scotland or or across the UK. Um, but I mean, you know, it's a great debate. I mean, it's a bit like the one we had a few weeks back when Diego Maradona yep. died, and and was he the best ever? Was he one of the best ever? And you could talk about it all day and all night. And I guess you could do the same with with some of the legendary yeah. Scottish Scottish point. managers yeah. as well. Jockstein won the European Cup with Celtic in '67. Yeah. You know, a Scot. Uh, Twelve months later, 
Matt Busby, again a Scot, another Lanarkshire man from Bells Hill with Man United. And uh, Sir Alex won it twice, the Champions League, yeah. with Manchester United. It's had some phenomenal, great Scottish managers, and Shanks, they? Shankly as well, you know, before all our times, mm. but he really started it. Liverpool, um, they, they weren't such a big side. Everton were the bigger team, weren't they, Robin? Mm. It was uh, Shankly that yeah. uh, elevated them. These are an amazing people. But thanks to everyone who has been. He does tune in, and he, uh, Sir Alex, now and again, we, yeah. we, we force him to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, we wish him all the very best. 79 years old today. Sir Alex and, and he did you know the thing about Man United success at Man United was it was over such a long period mm-hmm. I mean how many times did he reinvent that team yeah, how totally. many times did he to rebuild and of course you know he brought through the, the Gary Nevilles and Ryan Giggs and Paul Scholes David Beckham all, all these players he, he built he built that team he built an incredible team it was an amazing thing that Alex Ferguson done is to stay in that job for so long and still to be so successful yeah. and to bring through youth as well because they're at a club where Obviously, when they first took over, they, they, they were still they were struggling. But when they built them up, um, the expectation levels were high. And to still trust youth to get results as well is another thing than just bringing through youth when you're a team in mid-table or battling maybe relegation down the bottom. But when you're a team that's destined and wanted to to win trophies, to to bleed, to bleed that through, is great. You know, he's been terrific. And also, what he done excellent ways he. He was very adaptable in changing his assistant manager and his mm. coach. Yep. Many a times he'd done that mm. because he knew that he wasn't great at it, but he was great in other aspects and to change with the times of the way football was played. Um, that's something that you, yeah, is an art. It's yeah. a great art to have. You know, he, he knew what he was good at mm. and he knew what he wasn't good at and he, he delegated very well in that area. Great insight on the Go Radio Football Show. That's Chris Burke, Rob McLean, me, Paul Cooney on 0808 17, 17 700. You can text GO plus your message to 87474 and on the socials, as we just mentioned, at Go Football Show. Coming up next, a little bit from Stephen Gerrard, from Neil Lennon and who might take over at Motherwell on the day when Steve Stephen Robinson stands down. We'll give you some of the names that are being touted after this. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Paul Cooney with Rob McLean and Chris Burke here on the Go Radio Football Show. We're on till four this afternoon, Hugmanay 2020. We started the year with such great hope. It's been a really tough one, but we hope you're safe. We hope you're well. Look after the social distancing. Look after each other. Take it easy tonight. Stay away. No parties tonight, Rob, but uh, stay tuned to Go Radio. Some great stuff. Ali's on next, actually. Ali yep. Defoy. I saw her on yesterday on St Mirren TV with uh, Gordon Smith. Gordon Smith, a man with a great career as well. And Ali will be on from four this afternoon. Yep. 0808 17 17 700. Give us your calls now. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, Ross County against St Johnson. Kilmarnock against St Mirren. Hibs against Livingston. Hamilton against Motherwell, Aberdeen, Dundee United, and at 12.30, they're all three o'clock, 12.30 from Ibrooks, Rangers against Celtic. Let's hear from the Rangers manager, Stephen Gerrard, looking who's he going to go with on Saturday. Um, I've got some big decisions to make for the weekend, but that's where I want to be. People are pushing for places, and that's the way it is. You know, I'll pick a team that I think can do the job against Celtic, not really go on who scored in the last game or who's in form. I need to obviously pick a team that's going to do the job against Celtic, and there'll be no sentiment. It'll be the team that I think can, can get us the three points. No sentiment, the team that will get the three points, Rob. 
Yeah, I, I just I love listening to Stephen Gerrard and, and Neil Lennon as well. I think they're both really compelling when they, when they speak. And um, I haven't been able to take issue with much that Stephen Gerrard has said in his time in charge of Rangers. He always is just so good to listen to. There was there was that time early on where I think he listened to the wrong person and and uh, uh, came out with the, the world is against Rangers line uh, when they did a bad decision in a game. I think that was that was ill advised from him. But but that stands out because just about everything he says, it's difficult to disagree. Yep, I think you're totally right there, Rob. I think he's um, handled himself greatly. Um, been in charge of Rangers, obviously at the beginning, maybe as you said, some sticky patches in his interview or whatever. But he's still a young manager. He said it himself. I've listened to a few podcasts that he's in. That he's still learning and developing as a as a coach. He's got that humility to understand that about himself, and he has handled himself greatly, especially when you're under so much pressure to win a trophy and you haven't won one yet. That's the one thing that I've noticed about the top managers is they're not too high and they're not too low mm-hmm. and he just keeps it, he maintains it the same. I'm sure he'll be drilling that into the group that he was telling them and especially what he said there in an interview, there'll be no sentiment in who, who he picks and who, no matter who scored the game before or whatever. Um, he's got to pick a team that does a job and that, to me, sounds as if he might not play Morelos. Ah, you, you reckon? Yeah, he's just with the on the bench, yeah. It's amazing what you can pick up from Little these. clues, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously earlier on with Neil Lennon raving about Jeremy Frimpong, yep. and you immediately think, well, that sounds like he's yeah. in. And from from what you're gleaning fr- from that little clip of Stephen Gerrard, you reckon Morelos might be on the bench? Yeah, I just think just because he said that no matter who scores, you know, mm. no matter what happens in the game before, he's going to pick the right team for that game. And why would they say that before an old firm game? That's quite forensic. Indeed. I would say. That's good, Chris. Yeah. Sherlock strikes. Yeah. Only if I'm right. (laughs) We'll find out on Saturday around 12 when we come on air. Across the city then. So they were both happy yesterday. Rangers winning uh, down Paisley Road West to Paisley and the win against St Mirren. Celtic against Dundee United. Uh, They had the minute silence everywhere for Jim McLean. And then Celtic winning 3-0. Afterwards, the manager spoke about uh, his twin strikers. Well, he will in a moment or two. He's speaking about uh, Lee Griffiths and... Yeah, Edward. I mean, the, the two of them are starting to look a little bit tired towards the, the latter half of the, the match. The beautiful ball from Lee. Odson wasn't lucky enough to score a similar type of goal earlier. And then his soft feet to finish it. So for him to get a goal in open play, it'll give him a, a lot of confidence. And they're playing well. You know, they're a good partnership. And there's good partnerships all over the pitch, unfortunately. Not much doubt about those two. You think they'll start, Rob? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I, I loved that moment in, in the match yesterday, uh, in the aftermath of the the third goal, when uh, uh, Lee Griffiths dinks the ball through on the half volley over the top for Frodson Edward, does his usual cultured finish, just lifted it over Seagreast for the for the the third goal of the game. And there was a there was a great moment where Edward just pointed to Griffiths mm-hmm. and said, "That's that that's how we, that we work so well together." And and that's. That is coming through big time at the moment and it takes you back to the second half of last season when Celtic were firing with those two up front. It does, you're right Rob. I think they complement each other so well. I think the two of them are on the same same wavelength. I think they have great relationship with each other on the pitch. You know, you can see even the time before the game, before there was, you know, they play little overs to each other and um, they play little combinations and they just know where each other are on the football field and I think... Edward is loving his football at this moment in time and you can see that's came to fruition in the football matches and scoring more goals and what it does is I think Griffiths playing with Edward is Griffiths plays in the shoulder he really 
so he plays between the the full back and the centre back, which then creates more space for the likes of Christie and Turnbull to to produce little passes towards Edward, and then Edward's got more time and space, and I think that's a crucial factor in Celtic's play. And if you really think about it, the one thing Neil Lennon loves doing is playing two up top, mm-hmm. and he's not really had the opportunity to do that this the start of this season, and it's probably detriment to them them struggling and now Neil Lennon's playing the formation that he likes to play because he always likes to play with with a a, a two up top and a a force and they've certainly you know improved in performances You're going for the draw is it a score draw you reckon? Yeah it's a score draw for me I think it will be really exciting I think I'm going for a 2-2 I I do I I think it'll be a 2-2 And your scorers put you on the Well Edward and Griffiths for me will score Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Kent will go back in the score sheet. Yep. Just because if Frank Pong plays, I think it'll create more space where Kent will, will enjoy and thrive on that. It's been a while since he grabbed the headlines, yeah, isn't it, Ryan I Kent? I mean, you know, he does such a fantastic shift. And you can say that about everybody in the Rangers team at the moment. Out of possession, they're all working so hard to get the ball back and, and succeeding in it most of the time. And he certainly qualifies in that score. But in terms of, you know, that, those moments of magic in the final third it's been a wee while it's been hard from though because probably teams are looking at Rangers and trying to pick out the star player and the one that's the most threat then he's more man-marked mm-hmm. which then creates more space on the other side if you see that Roofs came to performing a little bit more maybe that's because they've left more space for Roof because they're too busy worried about Kent and Tavernier you know the, every player and every team that that watch the Rangers they're not going to be able to man mark every player so I think it, it leaves gaps for other other players to come to the forefront and Kent's maybe been part of that where he started really well mm-hmm. and other teams are marking him now and likes a Tavernier maybe when when um, his goal scoring form is, mm-hmm. was really good and maybe the last couple of games it's not been because people are, are man marking him so it's creating more time for the likes of Roof and then Hadji's mm-hmm. creating more space and Arebo so it's hard, especially when you've got so many key players for Rangers. When one is man marked, the other yeah. then comes to the forefront. You get the sense that Ryan Kent is a big game player, isn't he? He yeah. loves the occasion. He, yeah, he loves does. these matches. Uh, so you reckon he's going to score? Who's the other scorer for you for Rangers? Yep, I'm going to say Morelos is going to come off the bench and score his first goal. His first goal against Celtic. Yeah, Rob, I can see, can I can see that happening yeah. as well. David Turnbull would be the man for me to score. Um, I think, I think he will score. Keep, he'll make it four and four for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in prime form, both in making things happen, creating things, and also finishing as well. I mean, he's he's got that class and and composure for Celtic in a key area of the pitch. I think he's going to score. And well, two two was the was the score I was going to go for as well. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think it'll yeah I think it'll be a draw. I'm, I'm agreeing with a great man, Mr. Park, <laughs> and uh, you know it's. It's a result which will suit Rangers just fine. It keeps mm. the unbeaten run going. It keeps Celtic at a distance behind. For me, Celtic have to win. Yeah. But will people say it's all over? If it's a draw, is the league over, Rob? I, I sense you'll probably say it could still... Theoretically, Rangers yeah. will still think, well, it's, it's seven it's maybe, points. It's maybe one more result. Uh, one one more stretching of the gap yeah. away from being all over, I think. I think it, I think it's... There's, there's just no margin for error for Celtic at all. Uh, but for me, I think it has all sorts of uh, psychological repercussions for both the teams. I think I think Rangers come through it unscathed. Mm-hmm. It's a massive step forward for them towards the title. Uh, I think if if Celtic 
can win if Celtic win then it's all changed it's it's game on for for the title yeah I think the only reason I say I don't ma- I don't think it's a, an issue if Rangers and Celtic draw the match I don't think it's an issue much for Celtic because I think during the next period in January they have a time to catch up in one game yeah. and they have more home games than they do than Rangers they have a, a lot of home games a lot of a sticky, sticky, sticky games you know they have Aberdeen away they have Motherwell away and they have Hibs away you know that's a tough spell when the likes of you know Celtic have got you know Hibs at home Livingston at home and Hamilton at home you know, so and sounds they've, easier, and they've got yeah. a yeah. Well, it does sound easier on paper, yeah. But the way they're playing at this moment in time, I think if they stick to a draw and with a rescheduled game in between that with playing Livingston, I think you know that's a, a a time in January that's really important. Fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Keeps it going from the media point of view, Rob. Sure that uh, a draw would certainly keep it going, or a Celtic victory. Rangers would love to do it uh, at home against their oldest rivals, and then virtually seal the title. Because if Rangers win, though, do you think it's over? No, you still no, don't. I, that, no? Just you, because you, it's been yeah. done in the past. Okay, ten points. Yeah. I so, think. so that'd be nineteen. That would be nineteen then yeah. with three games. But in Chris hand is with. saying ten if you take yeah, off. Yeah, I'm the, saying yeah. ten only only because if you we're saying obviously I've got well yeah. you've got three games in hand. The, the football club's got yeah. three games in hand. Then that's the Barry Ferguson mindset as that's well. It. Yeah. Oh, well, is that what he says? Is <laughs> oh, it? totally. Yeah. You have to think like that though. Yeah. You have to. There's no doubt in my mind. Even if Rangers win, Stephen Gerrard would say this is not over. Especially what's mm. happened in the past. Especially what happened last season. Um, and we don't even know we might even go into a circuit break up or what happens yep. then mm-hmm. you know, then, England, then, then, yep. then everybody's um, resurged you True. can regroup yep. you can then have a January spell where you want to bring in more players I know it's difficult time to bring in players the players that you want just because of maybe players aren't playing they're unhappy at a club and then they've not played much football etc but you know I think that'll be an interesting window as well but if we're saying that yep. obviously Celtic have three games in hand but if you take three games away from Rangers then and it's points per game then it is that amount of points It's a Go Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited and Hugmanay 2020 on the day when Stephen Robinson stood down as manager of Motherwell took them to third spot in season 1920 but he's gone by New Year so who's going to take that job it's Keith Lasley who's in charge interim Um, and thanks for coming on the socials on Insta Here's some of the names, guys, that people are mentioning. Tommy Wright, Morris Ross, who is on the staff there. Stephen McManus, ex-Celtic uh, and uh, Motherwell star. Darren Adee, also on the Celtic. Uh, he's an under-18 mm-hmm. manager who joins he, us in the programme. And, yeah. and he was briefly on the coaching staff at Motherwell, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, wasn't yeah. he? And somebody we saw on Sky just a moment ago, James McFadden. Chris, Rob, any what, any thoughts who might take over? I'm just looking at that that even that list you've named out, and I guess you know there'll be people at the moment listening to us and shouting out names of yeah. their own as yeah. well. But I, I look at I look at Tommy Wright and the job he did at St Johnston as a kind of obvious mm-hmm. uh, target for Motherwell. What about a Tommy Wright and James McFadden? Yeah, I think partnership. Huh? I think Tommy Wright's probably a sought after manager at this moment in time. You know, he's probably the the, the first on a lot of people's list if they lose a manager I think he should definitely be interviewed for the job he knows what a low budget is like yep he knows everything you know what what's, he had at St Johnson it's just what sort of style are they looking for what are Motherwell looking for you know are they looking for a track attack attacking free flowing football are they looking to, to, to stay in the game are they looking to as Stephen Craig said you know bring through youth 
and then sell them on as they're looking for a more experienced team to then get us into the top six. Get so it's interesting to see what will actually happen. Tommy Wright is one that I think should be probably the more so to go with. Is James McFadden? Would he be uh, maybe the fans' choice, Rob? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think they would like him to be involved in some way. I'm not sure whether he would be. He would want it at this stage. Whether whether that that. I mean, obviously, James does lots of uh, media work mm-hmm. uh, with Sky in particular and BBC. Um, you know whether whether it's the right time for him. But but I think a lot of the fans, just pu- purely in an emotional way, mm-hmm. would would like to have him back. And 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 he could learn the ropes. I mean, he's all, he was obviously part of the Scotland national coaching. Set up for a, for a while. He was at Motherwell as well before. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, before he yeah. left to go so to got, Scotland, he's got all the badges, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, and mm. I think you know he's definitely a, someone that seems very intelligent mm. and he knows the game and he's had a little bit of experience in the game as well. He'd be in, he'd be inspiring, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, it would. And plus, you want to have someone who has affiliation with the club. So you know, it's James is one of them. Yeah, so it's but the again, you look at it as a manager when you come in. Do you what you want your own? People next yeah. to you, mm-hmm. you know, he trustworthy straight away. You know, well, if Tommy Wright gets a job, will he want to bring in his own number two? And then you could maybe then have James as the third one. So yeah, that was really interesting to hear you say that, Rob, because I didn't really think of James there, McFadden. I think that would be a good mm-hmm. one. It's, it's. I mean, it's probably a. a, a a job that Motherwell didn't think they were going to have, though, because yep. I, you look at the league table, and yes, they're two points off the bottom. Yep. But but you know, it's it's the the topsy turvy nature of the Premiership. This it's crazy that the whole points, the deficit situation, the, the points being deducted. Um, I mean, at one at one minute, Paul uh, Motherwell are top half, yeah, and then then they get the six points taken off again, and they're suddenly back in. I, I wonder if that had an impact on Stephen Robinson's decision, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it, and it would have a an impact. On the well-being inside the dressing it room, did. surely, yeah. because one minute, one minute, on one minute, one minute you're safe, and then the next minute you're back in back in bother again. How, how I mean, how does that feel, Chris, from a player's viewpoint? Yeah, it, do you know what we took it as probably a negative approach, mm-hmm. which it did hurt us a little bit psychologically as well. You know, we were sitting in sixth position, and then we got the points tally off us, and Motherwell got given the six points. Um, and we dropped, I think, to eighth mm-hmm. or ninth, and that hurt us a little bit. And remember your goal difference because you yeah, came and on our the goal show. Difference as you well. told us, yep, yeah, our goal difference was plus mm. next to Aberdeen, yep. Celtic, Rangers, Hibs, the only team that had plus. And without even kicking a ball, you know, you're playing, you're in fifth position, and before you know it, you're battling relegation. And as much as they say it's only three points, but it's probably more. It's four points, including the goal difference. Mm. That drops you down places, and then before you know it, we started chasing games. And we shouldn't have done that because you have a little bit of security when you're sitting in fifth yeah. so, so and you play that, so, differently. Yeah. So it's having a massive impact. I mean, I mean, has it all been explained to you as as somebody who's been in the firing line at a club that's 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 felt the repercussions of these decisions? Has it been fully explained as to the timing of these, why the points were taken off and awarded in the mm. first place? Then the the decision was reversed, and we're still waiting for the ruling on the fourteenth of of January. Well, not been explained. No, I, I don't think anybody knows the explanation as yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I think government rules is different from SPFL rules measures. It's not happening but, in uh, England. I mean, yeah. you know, Man, Man City had COVID in their camp the other night. Their game yep. at Everton was called off. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think anybody's going to be brave enough down there to, to no. deduct three points from mm-hmm. them. Do you think that's why they've they've changed their mind? 
Oh, hopefully. Well, possibly, Because yeah, possibly. of the strain of what's happening in, in England. It's maybe swayed us a little bit for the, the organisation to think about, well, maybe we need to give them it back because there's so many games in England now that I can't see, even yeah. League One games, sure. um, championship games. And as you see, top, top teams are having to self-isolate. Yeah. Yep. So the... The virus is spreading. There's nothing you can do about it. And I told you earlier, Paul, you know, yeah. probably 80% of, of the changing rooms, mm-hmm. you know, is probably maybe when it's going to be the biggest spread because yeah. we've gone at quarter yeah. past 11, a quarter past one, say it's a three o'clock kickoff. You know, that's an hour and 45 minutes we're all together. Yeah. So who's to, nobody knows when it is actually you're going to catch the spread. Yeah. You can do all the setup as much as you want, pre-match, bus yeah. journey, um, the way you train you set up etc but then yeah. when you go in a changing room before yeah. the match when everybody's enclosed together of course and you've all been with your families and there's kids at yeah. school and, As I rest, I, yeah. and I said that before yeah. you know I f- the safest place I, I feel is if I'm not going to catch a virus is when I'm at the football club yeah. because they Outside. take every measure possible yeah. to stop me getting the virus you know my wife's a teacher my kids go to school. Yep. When I go home, I'm probably more chance of getting it then than I do when I get to a training field. Chris Burke, safe and well here on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy. We're back. We've had the predictions. We're going to find out your highlights of 2020 and we still build up to the weekend. Rangers Celtic is only 40... You're good at math, I'm not. Six hours away. <laughs> Just made that. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! Paul Cooney with Rob McLean and Chris Burke on the last day of 2020 and just 20, 45 hours away from Rangers against Celtic. That's the lunchtime match on Saturday. Barry Ferguson, former Rangers and Scotland captain, alongside Davy Proven, the former Rangers uh, Celtic and Scotland, and Kilmarnock, winger like you, Chris. He played for the old firm, but he started out at Kilmarnock and he loved his time at Rugby Park. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, I enjoy uh, working with him not as not as, as I would say I do enjoy working with you Rob as well oh thank uh, you yeah. thank you um, but no I do learn so much from the both of you so yeah no Davey's been excellent um, co-commentary as well which is a new thing for me yep when I've, he's helped me out in that aspect so yeah no I've, he's, he's been a, he's a great winger Um Actually, I actually need to ask him for a few tips. Uh, I think he's very modest, Davey. He'll be, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure he would give you all respect. He does. It was great seeing you two together. I mentioned Rangers there. It's uh, Derek Johnson sending out early New Year's messages from Derek and June and Christelle. And Derek, of course, this weekend will be remembering the uh, Ibrox disaster, Rob, because he was one of the players there. He was only just 17 at that point. 66 players, uh, people who went to the match. Rangers fans didn't come home. And it's uh, the saddest thing that we ever remember. and there'll be respect, obviously, everywhere. There'll be a minute's silence for the 66 who went along to that match. Yeah, it's a really poignant time, isn't it? January the 2nd, 1971, 66 people died. There were 200 injured. It, it uh, impacted on so many people, so many families, and uh, still does, still does to this day. And it is a, it's a sad time, isn't it? It certainly is. So they'll be remembered, uh, particularly on Saturday, before that match, Rangers against Celtic. A full card, we hope, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, let's look at the matches. What about the Lanarkshire derby? Chris, who do you fancy? Hamilton against Motherwell. Both of them really need points. Yeah, I think this is a draw, this one. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's a 0-0. 
You're I think I think Keith Lasley will get a reaction. Um, you know, and, and sometimes there's no great logic behind it. It's not as if the players were hating Stephen Robinson mm-hmm. or anything like it. But uh, I just think there'll be a freshness. There'll be a bit of a bounce. Uh, I mean, Keith Lasley is is Mister Enthusiasm as well um, inside a even be it a radio studio, TV studio, or inside the dressing room. Uh, and I think I think Motherwell will get all three points at Hamilton. Okay, Rob. What about uh, Aberdeen Dundee United? Aberdeen against Dundee United, I think um, I think Aberdeen are going to get a big lift from Hibs losing last night mm-hmm. um, against Ross County. Um, it's now two games in hand and they're two points ahead, Derek McInnes' team, and it's the chance just to to build that gap now. Uh, and I think uh, I think Aberdeen will have uh, too much for Dundee United. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Rob. I think this is probably an opportunity to pull away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Aberdeen have got vast experience of been you know next to Celtic and Rangers for a long time and I think this will actually happen against you know Dundee United and if you look at Dundee United's record of scoring goals away from home it's not much I think it's like under one so I, I, I predict Aberdeen winning this match I will go to be a bit tight a tight mm-hmm. affair but I'm, I'm picking 1-0 Right 1-0 you reckon for Aberdeen what about Hibs against Livingston? Yeah, I think Hibs will get a reaction. Um, Livingston have had a little bit of a better rest than than Hibs, but I think Hibs are probably going to have to step it up a little bit. As Jack Ross has said, they've under a few players underperformed last night, and that's why they didn't get the result. And they probably as late not picked enough points up as they would have liked, especially having a lot of home games. But I just think they might have a little bit too much for Livingston. Livingston are doing ever so well, going on a great run of form, but. Probably I'm judging it on the game that we played against them just recently, Livingston, where I thought we deserved, you know, the draw and they scored a fantastic last minute goal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about that. When I think merit on Scott merit, Robinson. when on yeah. merit it should have been yeah. a draw. So yeah. I do think Hibs will win that yeah. one. Rob, the thing about Hibs, we keep saying they're playing better. They've got so many great players. We might talk about them in a moment about mm-hmm. the January transfer window. Yeah. But the killer instinct it was missing yesterday. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And I think I don't think they're going to win this game either. Um, I, I'm, I think a draw for me uh, at Easter Road on Saturday. Um, I, I just think Livingston have got so much about them. I think they've won they've won six and they've, I think it's eight out of nine. They're on the most incredible yeah, run. Amazing um, one. Davy Martindale clearly um, gets on with the players really well. You know, you could see the reaction to the Robinson goal when they mm-hmm. all jumped on top yeah. of him on the, on the touchline uh, in that I've game that. that you're trying to forget all about. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm going for a draw, Hibs Livingston. In the January transfer window, should we look for Nesbitt? Well, there's, there's going. I mean, as Jack Ross, I think himself said the other day, um, if if, you, if you're a successful team as Hibs have been so mm-hmm. far this season, then your your top players are going to attract interest, and particularly him, who's who's you know stepped up to the Premiership and looked as if he's always been there. He's into double figures already. Exactly. I think he scored ten in the, the league so far. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it, it does take you know some penalties as well, but. Um, I've been impressed by him when I've when I've played against Hibs. I think he's he's a really intelligent player, and I think sooner rather than later he'll be in that Scotland squad. Rob, yeah. How, how has he missed for so long? You know, before sometimes going up it to, takes yeah. time for players to mm. develop, and it, they, they take longer. London Dykes as well. Yeah, London Same. Dykes is another one. You mm. know, and it's it's just great for Scottish football that they can they can um, they can progress through the leagues. 
everybody questioned them when he came from Dunfermline yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what it's a good place to look isn't it down, look down the leagues yeah. I mean, because sometimes they are ignored sometimes the, these unheralded games um, escape much notice and, and you know Lyndon Dykes and Kevin Nisbet are the living proof that it's actually you know rather than looking down to Billericay Town or whatever yeah. down in England you know mm-hmm. look looking at the, 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 the lower leagues yeah of course and you we talk about Forest as well. It's Alan like Forrest, a yes, fantastic yeah. season at, yeah. at Livingston. Um, so yeah. you have to, plus especially when you, you you're not blessed with the amount of money to spend, sure. and to look down to look to, to England or to to look at other teams. Sometimes you have to find that, as I've spoke about before, that golden nugget, and you have to look at the lower level to try and find that. I'm not quite sure where you got Billericay Town from there. No, I'm not sure where I got that. I <laughs> think, it, it, went, I think those... it was a Martin Neilism. Martin O'Neillism. I think he threw the one, that one at me recently, and it, it, for some reason it lodged in my head. Um, I think it so, might. I think it might be. Is it uh, Jamie O'Hara, who's on Talk Sport, yep. who's had well a few done. goes at Scottish football? Worry, I, I only... think he was at Billericay for, yeah, about, five, for yeah. about five minutes, yeah. and uh, I think that was the reason. Closer to home for. <laughs> You. What about Ross County against St Johnson? Yeah, thanks for yeah. thanks for <laughs> thanks for getting me out of that one. Um, Ross County against St Johnson. I mean, it's massive, isn't it? Mm. It suddenly becomes a massive match that one. Um, and I reckon uh, Ross County are going to do what they did last night and win again. Wow! Because uh, changing fortunes, Ross County on the up. If we go by last night's result, yeah. where is St Johnson? Yeah, no. See, the thing yeah. is, St Johnson have been, you know, get the plaudits this season yeah. of so how well they've done, but find themselves and what ninth place mm-hmm. you know and if you really think about it Motherwell have two games in hand on them with you know a point yeah. behind mm-hmm. that just shows you the reflection of the league I'm now trying to remember what John Hughes said on Tuesday about Ross Stewart because obviously he's not playing at the moment yeah. which makes that result even more laudable uh, at yep. Easter Road for, for County I'm not sure if he's going to be back for that one mm-hmm. but, but there's the, Ollie the, Shaw now Ollie Shaw for Ross County he's yeah. doing really well yeah, I think yeah, yeah. You know, so do you think it's going to be Ross County win? Yeah, I think Ross County will win this okay. one. I think just because St Johnson are one that you know they don't score many goals, but they do try and keep the back door shut. But I, I just think the way Yogi's got them playing now, and he likes to them express themselves. He said that in his interview, and mm. he says he, he demands of the players being the best player in training every every day, no matter if you're a goalkeeper, fullback, or striker. And I think he's he's done that. And I really do think Ross County will win this match against St Johnson. Two to go. Kilmarnock against St Mirren, Rob. Watch what you're saying, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, Kilmarnock against St Mirren. Yeah, I, th- I think for the same re- reason that, that Ross County um, have got found a way to win again. Um, I, I think, I mean, that, that Kilmarnock game looked looked like two going on three three or four against Motherwell. I mean, there, there were loads of chances. I mean, Aaron Tishbola missed a sitter, didn't mm-hmm. he, when he was he right, right in front of goal. So I think, I think, um, I think Kilmarnock are going to beat St Mirren. Well, thanks, Rob. Chris, with, with, you're with Chris Berg, <laughs> well, with, at, as long as I'm, I'm going to add a rider here, as long as Chris Burke's in, Chris, Chris in the starting lineup. Chris. Well, I think um, statistics show that the last four games that I've not played, Kamalok have won. You're so, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that should tell you you should keep me on the bench. Uh, uh, I think the two Bet Fred Cup games yeah. beat Ross County. You're too generous. And we've beat yeah. Um, Motherwell. Yeah. So I'm just an impact player now, Rob. No, he needs fresh legs. Right. <laughs> What's the score going to be? What do you think? Well, obviously, yeah. I'm going to what, yeah. I'm going to predict Kamalot to win the match. Mm. I, but I do think St Mirren are a very, very good outfit. Um, I think there's goals in the game. I think 2-1 Kilmarnock. 2-1. And the Lanarkshire derby, Rob, did you go for Motherwell? Did. You did, didn't I you? Did. Yeah. And uh, Chris, you went for... Sorry, what in, game? In the, in the derby in the, the, the Lanarkshire, Lanarkshire derby. Yep. 
You going Hamilton or Motherwell? Oh uh, no, I went zero zero. Zero zero. Yeah, yep. you probably did. Yeah, that, zero, sounds, zero. that sounds like Velter nil nil. Yeah, Hamilton. that's what I'm going for. A dull zero zero. Chris Burke, when we know you think it's going to be a draw, Rangers against Celtic, Rob the same. Yep. What's been your highlight, Chris, of 2020 football wise? So my highlight would be watching David Marshall's face in Scotland qualifying with saving that penalty. I think if there's one positive we take out of VAR and using VAR to good effect is that one. We would have never got the pictures and the moments with David Marshall looking at the referee saying, is this the moment? Um, And then waiting a couple of seconds before celebrating. I think it's a great piece. I think it's a great visual thing to see and I think it'll be one that'll be shown many a times, especially the lead up to the Euros as well. So that for 2020 for me has definitely been the highlight. I think it's difficult to just disagree with that, but I would add Ryan Christie, probably the Ryan Christie interview that same game, yeah. that yeah. same night, that same amazing achievement for Scotland yep. to get to the major finals, that emotional outburst from Ryan Christie right at the end. I think we were all Ryan Christie at that stage, just mm-hmm. as we'd all been David Marshall <laughs> moments before. And Considine done the same thing yeah. when he made his first cap. Yep. Um, it was very emotional to listen to him talk. I think he was he was welling up inside as well. So yeah. Great to see the three things have been all about Scotland, doesn't yeah, it? It's wonderful. All, all and here change. in the studio with Cy Ferry, Barry Ferguson, you, me and Ali singing uh, Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. Indeed. It was a highlight as well, Rob. Yes, yes. Yeah. If I've not, not if seen not. that. Is that, is that coming oh, out? It's a sensation. No, no, we won't be releasing it. Not so. releasing it? <laughs> it's a viral sensation. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Apparently the dad dancing by uh, Messrs Rob and Paul uh, was... Uh, was Barry Ferguson actually... Oh, he's up dancing. Yeah, he was up dancing on was it. it. And so is uh, Cy Ferry. Because Cy was involved in that, wasn't he, with the Considine uh, video yeah. coming out so, yeah. that uh, yeah. at the time the player was raging but he's absolutely I'm, delighted now Barry Ferguson hosted the best party I've ever been at can you tell us it's a Halloween cool. party really? at his house uh-huh. well, probably a part of his house uh-huh. Yeah, um, the West Wing yeah I dressed up as Harry Potter ah brilliant yeah. um, my wife dressed yeah. up as Pocahontas it was a fantastic oh, remember David Snedden of course yeah from he, uh, he got him singing Academy. at his, yeah. at, his uh, at the event what, was, what was Barry dressed as I can't really remember you need to ask him yeah. We will. Uh, probably yeah. Scrooge uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have to dress up for that <laughs> he's been the most generous on here that's uh, five months of programmes thanks to, to James and Chris and Ali and everyone involved and uh, Chris we love you having on the show you come back in, in the new year yep, join anytime us. you want me just give me a shout and yep. I'll be there thank you very much you talk rubbish yep. <laughs> no no <laughs> we'll join, join the club <laughs> we've enjoyed the insight today what's it for the players my final point to you then Chris what's it like then could you sleep the night before uh, Rangers sell match no no not at all it's very difficult I think one of the games we were staying at Mar Hall when the, mm. the alarm went off at like 3 in the morning so the, the people you know maybe trigger the fire alarm and you have to get up um, go outside and do the, the safety measures before you go back in and sleep so they're the sort of mind games that are getting played with you yeah. um, not that you were sleeping anyway because you just want the game to be played now rather than wait an extra as you said you know what is it 45 hours Something they might get a sleep tonight but definitely not the night before Chris Burke thanks very much for joining us Rob and we'll speak to you on yeah. Saturday as well have a happy Ferguson. new year when it comes yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you you year. too Barry Ferguson Davy Proven and me Paul Cooney yeah, have a great new year thanks to everyone stay safe look after yourselves enjoy it but don't go daft and we'll see you Saturday at midday The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go 
Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Thank you.